The FBI called Matt uh, Tybee and the other writers who are covering the Twitter files. He called them, the FBI has called them conspiracy theorists. Just be clear about what's going on. These writers have access to emails between the FBI and Twitter. The articles are based solely upon those emails and comments made by FBI officials, some on the record, some off. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's documenting what the FBI has done to Americans. They are a rogue agency that should be shut down and remade from the ground up because they're censoring Americans like it's East Germany, and they're not the only ones. As we go through these best of shows, because today I'm in for Clay and Buck, thank you guys very much for that. I remembered a show we did that I entitled, Other People's Emotions Are Your Crimes, According to the FBI. Uh, This should give some (laughs) detail into the big picture of what the FBI is. And someone asked me one day, do you regret being part of an effort to destroy credibility in our institutions? Well, yes, except that's not the effort I'm undertaking. The institutions are crumbling. And there's still good people in those institutions who are trying to get the truth to us. And it comes out sometimes. So as we go through this best of, I want you to remember when we talked about the FBI trying to criminalize not your emotions, but emotions they think you cause other people to have. If that's not thought crime, I don't know what is. So we'll get started with this. And thank you to Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com for helping to empower us to do this. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. The only knee we take is to the Lord. I love that. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And what's that really ridiculous and lame phrase? Interesting times we live in. Um, Yeah, they're the most scary of times. And let us not have our hearts be troubled. We are not to fear. The Lord has made that very clear. Be still and know that I'm the Lord. The FBI is using process as punishment. I talked to my friend Glenn Morgan about something that happened in Ording, Washington. Uh, the guy is, is an Ording school board member. His name's Jeff Slaughter. I think you might have had him on your show in the past. Yeah, he's very familiar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've met him. I, I know I've talked to him probably a few times. We're not like close yeah. friends, but but he's just another guy out there trying to do the right thing, get involved in local government. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and he and, has just you know now what is it eighteen months practically at, since the January sixth time frame, and suddenly he discovers last week 
that he um, that the that the feds were going to there's an arrest warrant out for him. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about the arrest warrants. We'll go back to that. I'll tell you about I'll let Glenn tell you about what the FBI did. We'll go back to that. That was back in October 17th. We'll go back to that. Because this is an ordering school board member. And Stephen Friend says this process as punishment is now policy at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So what does he say they're doing? How big is this? And what does it mean for us? And how does it relate to social media and Twitter? Oh, and then this. Did you know that your if you upset someone about the election, you have committed a crime? According to the FBI. If you've caused someone upset, you have committed an election crime. So let's compare Ording Washington, we heard about a few weeks ago, to the national happenings in our country. Man, thank you, first of all, for listening to a Best Of show. And number two, uh, I was blessed with a full night of sleep. Oh, my goodness. When you can sleep through the whole night, particularly at a certain age, I'm a man of a certain age, as they say in polite circles. When you can sleep through the whole night and awake refreshed, how much of a gift is that? If this is a challenge for you, can I hip you to something that I'm using? It's from Healthy Cell. It's the REM sleep product. Yeah, I know. There's melatonin. I get that. I've taken it and a couple of problems with the melatonin. The way it's formulated in these pills, uh, this stuff is so jammed together and packed down that a lot of times your body cannot absorb it. In fact, with the healthy cells, microgel technology, that is 165% more absorbable than most of those pills, which is based on 1930s technology rather than the healthy cell microgel technology, which is based on today. <laughs> there's also this i love the fact that with the rem sleep product from healthy cell i just rip off the top of the pack i squeeze it into my mouth and i'm done some people like to put it in a shake or a drink me it tastes great it's like a bedtime treat for me and you're not alone in suffering from sleep back when the center for disease control used to care about health they noticed that um, not enough sleep insufficient sleep was a health epidemic this is the same cdc that pretends it's a good idea to be uh, grossly overweight i know they've changed and in america 70 percent of results report uh, 70 percent of re- uh, adults say they get insufficient sleep so when you use the microgel technology understand this it helps you stay asleep throughout the night check that happened for me helps you go back to sleep, and most importantly, it helps you achieve REM sleep. That's the part that allows us, as I call it, to go through and clean out our brains. And there's a website specifically for this podcast family, so just head over to HealthyCell.com slash Todd. That's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd for 20% off your first order. Again, that's HealthyCell.com slash Todd, promo code Todd, for 20% off your first order. And now, go back to a best of program that might just make it harder to sleep. Uh, that was by design. Just kidding. Yeah, so back to our friend uh, Glenn Morgan and his description of what happens in ordering in a second. But first, let's start at the national level. Because organizational rot flows down from above. 
The FBI, according to Stephen Friend, is using tactics in order to make the process the punishment. And, and this, is, this is their decision. It's quite purposeful. And it's interesting that we talked with Glenn about this a couple weeks ago. Um, Stephen Friend talks about a case where as an FBI special agent, he'd been there five years on the SWAT team. And you know Stephen Friend. He's the guy who has been placed on unpaid suspension despite the fact that he's a whistleblower. And he says this stuff is politically active, or politically motivated. Of course it is. It's very clear that is. And he talks about a case with a gentleman who they, they, they had no real reason to believe he did anything. They had an anonymous phone call saying he had been at January 6th. So they were sent down to go harass this guy because of an anonymous phone call. And when we talk about harassing, it's not like they just visit or call. He tells the story of a guy. He had a lawyer. He knew he was being investigated for Jan 6 and for contact in Jan 6. They, they easily, easily could have just contacted his lawyer and said, hey, your guy has to come in. But instead of doing that, they're sending out tactical teams. They're, they're sending out SWAT teams. And Stephen Friend's concern is not just that this is making the process the punishment, that it's going to lead to violence. Now, of course it's going to lead to violence. When you push this hard on innocent people, in the case of the guy with the anonymous phone call, when the FBI went to harass him, he said, I couldn't have been in Washington, D.C. on January 6th because I was burying my son. I was at his funeral. So I wasn't there. But thank you for reminding me of that. And the process being the punishment involves, of course, SWAT teams coming to the door and destruction. And in this case, he says that they are being obsessive and over the top about Jan 6, and it's to prove a point. And it's to terrify, and it's political. And he told JustTheNews.com, John Solomon, one of our considerations is that there's an unnecessary risk of danger. And as I said, frankly, we've been fairly lucky we haven't created a Ruby Ridge scenario where somebody's coming back from a hunting trip. And then all of a sudden, there's a tactical team at their door with a Bearcat. And that can be avoided easily, especially if we have an open line of communication with this person. We've spoken to them. They have counsel. We could bring it to them to, to resolution. But they're not seeking resolution. The FBI is seeking people to take the need. The FBI is demonstrating to people, you came at the king. Washington, D.C. is the king. You can go wreck cities. And I don't want to go through the litany of things that Black Lives Matter Incorporated and Antifa is, is you know, quite, quite allowed to do. And in fact, encouraged to do. But if you come at the king, you're going to pay, even if it's just an anonymous phone call. This is gamification taken to the highest possible conclusion. You are going to be put in prison for, well, well just maybe for six weeks. We'll throw you in jail for six weeks. You can't afford a lawyer. You can't afford $6 million to go against the FBI, who, if we want more money, we go take it from you. 
oh, you can't afford that? That's too bad. That's okay. You can spend six months in prison or a year or two years or three years. Now, we'll get it figured out eventually. Maybe you're, maybe you're innocent, but we don't, we don't really care. And Stephen Friend reminds us that there are quiet heroes within the FBI trying to get this fixed, trying to get this addressed. He just couldn't remain quiet any longer because of what he observed. Now, that's Jan 6. Well, so, so that can't possibly affect us because we weren't there, right? Okay. But the FBI, and this comes, um, this came to us last week. We talked a little bit about this. I got this from reclaimthenet.org, uh, and they got it through James O'Keefe at Project Veritas. The FBI is treating as crimes, as election crimes, misinformation, which is completely undefinable because we know that they don't care about truth. Misinformation is whatever they say is misinformation. And here's the pattern. If the government says it's true, even if it's patently false, if you disagree, it's misinformation. And by the way, not just the United States government. Dr. Peter McCullough is having his, uh, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, he's been an absolute hero on COVID and the injections, and he is the most cited physician-scientist of our time, a most cited physician in terms of his writings. And heretofore, prior to all this, he was completely non-controversial. He was widely respected, a board-certified cardiologist in all sorts of seats and all sorts of boards and publications, and they're being quietly stripped. Most recently, he's no longer board certified as a cardiologist because he can't do cardiology because he has opinions about the injection that run counter to the injections that run counter to the parties. So they're stripping him of his curriculum vital and his licenses will follow. Oh, well, these are just private boards doing what private boards do. This isn't this isn't government. The, the, the cardiology board, that's not government. Are you kidding me? The process is the punishment. Oh, we didn't fire him. Oh, oh, well, sure, he can still practice medicine. It's just that now he's had all of his professional certifications ripped out of his hands. He has to change his entire biography to say, well, I used to have those awards, but they've been taken from me. So physicians, this is going to be aimed at you. How do we avoid it? We, 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 we can't. We're going to be taken. I continue to say it. This nation is going to be taken. So what do we do? We do not give in to fear. Those of us who are in the body of Christ, we gather as a body of Christ. We support one another. We recognize the reality of what is going to happen. We do everything we can at the ballot box to vote in godly people who will not fall for this stuff. If we get one hint, one cent. One sniff of a medical organization acting this way, we walk. We don't have anything to do with them. If we have friends who are being harassed by the FBI, we gather and we raise funds. We do everything we can to level the playing field. But that's just Jan 6. That couldn't possibly affect us. Back to reclaim the net and election stuff. You commit an election crime if you post misinformation according to the FBI. So when I say something like the following, when five states at the same dark hour of 4.30 in the morning, that happens to be the maximum human fatigue hour, the time where people are least alert, pretend they're going to stop counting votes and kick people out, but don't stop counting votes. 
And at that same period of time, Joe Biden takes a very, very unlikely lead. In fact, some would say a statistical impossibility in states where you didn't have to match signatures to the ballots, in states where they accepted ballots after the election, in states where they didn't check voter ID because, you know, that's racist, in states like Wisconsin, uh, where a special inspector, former former um, Supreme Court Justice of Wisconsin said there was widespread fraud. That seems to me like a stolen election. Misinformation, except all those things happened. But then there's this. If you post, if you, if you post something, something false and accurate information that is intended to mislead others, or disinformation campaigns on social media used to deliberately confuse, trick, or upset the public. If you post Democrats are demons and it upsets the public, you've committed a crime. If you post Trump voters are white nationalists and it upsets some of the public, you've committed an election crime. So let's go back to process as punishment. And let's go back and imagine as we head into midterms and then after this, of course, the presidential election. Stephen Friend is talking about people who were never in Washington, D.C. getting and why were they? Why was the FBI there? Because of one anonymous phone call. A single call. Anonymous. An FBI agent show up at the door. People who 18 months ago protested abortion. The FBI doesn't just show up the door. They show up and demand to come in. And they seize a man and they take him to a, 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 they take him to question him. And then though he has no shoes, no warm clothes, no wallets, no cell phone, no money. They toss him out of the FBI. How am I going to get home? We don't care. Process is the punishment. These are ungodly acts. You're not to treat prisoners this way. You are to treat prisoners the same way you would treat the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, in fact, spoke about it in Matthew. I was in prison and you did not visit me. Lord, when were you in prison? I tell you, as you treat the least of these, so you treat me. So I hope the FBI agents who are allowing themselves to be used in this way might take a read through the Bible or spend some time with the Bible or with godly people or with discipled leaders to understand what you're serving. Because you might, you, you are not serving law and order. When law does not apply equally, law is not a law. It's a weapon. And so let's go back through my friend Glenn Morgan talking about process as punishment um, in Ording, Washington, with a school board member named Jeff Slaughter, who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. He didn't go, according to Glenn, he didn't go into the Capitol. He didn't spray paint anything. He didn't illegally walk on the lawn. He took his son with him. But because he was there, listen to what process as punishment meant. And then we'll wind this down into the utter and insane, but very sensical panic, the mainstream media about Twitter. So when it was uh, time for me to move my money out of our uh, 401k I had with uh, Bonville, where I worked for a decade as a radio host, not quite a decade, but felt like it, uh, it was close to that, uh, out, of, out, of the, um, 
out of the 401k with those guys. Uh, it was something I put off. Now, I knew I needed to do it, that I wanted to get my money with Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, but I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. And I bet you're the same. I bet you are. And I'll tell you, I'm a guy who puts off purchasing airline tickets even after I commit to make the flight because I just, I loathe the process. I loathe it. Uh, I put off tax stuff. And my accountant knows this. He knows he's always going to file an extension for me. And yet, why? Every minute your portfolio is not being managed with risk management at the center of that is a day that the risk could come to bite you. If you're five years from retirement, you're in the risk zone. You're at the center. If you're 10 years out, you're in the risk zone, not quite at the center of it yet. 15 years out, congratulations, you've entered the risk zone. Now, you could keep your money with Fidelity or Chuck Schwab or uh, any of those other institutions. And I know there's good people who work there. I know it. Probably some listeners work there. And they are pretending. The management there is pretending that their financial system is not rigged. They're pretending that Vanguard and BlackRock mean us well. (laughs) They're pretending that we aren't in a chaos economy. Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management doesn't have any such pretense. And by the way, he is not new to this game. And he's not new to warning us about what happens in a mobbed-up financial system. And his entire focus is a risk management-obsessed way of helping us keep what we've earned and also grow wealth. So call him and get your portfolio. Get this move done. Stop putting it off. It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or you can go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. So as we listen to Glenn Morgan tell the story of Jeff Slaughter, just briefly, the story of Jeff Slaughter in Ording, Washington, prepare to compare this. Wow. Hear that? I'm Jesse Jackson. Prepare to compare. Prepare to compare. What they do here to Jeff Slaughter to the minor way they've been able to treat us on Twitter. Uh, the guy is, is an Ording school board member. His name's Jeff Slaughter. I think you might have had him on your show in the past. Yeah, he's very familiar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've met him. I, I know I've talked to him probably a few times. We're not like close yeah. friends, but but he's just another guy out there trying to do the right thing, get involved in local government. Uh, and he has just, you know, now it's what is it, 18 months practically at, since the January 6th time frame. And suddenly he discovers last week that he um, that the that the feds were going to there's an arrest warrant out for him. I don't know how he discovered it, but he found out about it. And so he thought, oh. Hey, uh, he called the FBI and he said, listen, I'll go turn myself in. You tell me where to go. I'll go turn myself in. Let me just get an attorney. I'll drive to wherever you are and, and I'll meet you and turn, turn myself in. And while he's in the process of getting an attorney, um, they show up with this, the federal SWAT you know, equipment and they, they come in on his house like he's some kind of, you know, drug kingpin with a, with an army there ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, they broke his door down, smashed his door down. They didn't have to. They could have just asked him, you know, but of course they break the door and he, he looks at the search warrant and he sees that it includes, uh, his safes. And I'm getting this secondhand from, yeah. uh, from some people that were, that were either there or close to there or talked to him afterwards. But, he had he had a couple safes in his house, like most of us who have firearms do. And 
So he saw the safes were on the search warrant list, and he said, hey, listen, here's the code. Uh, here's the, uh, the code to get into the safe. You can just open it up yourself and take a look. But they just threw that away, ignored it, and went in and cut and basically you know, cut the safe apart and destroyed the safe. And those safes are multi-thousand dollar safes. I mean, you can buy, you know this, you can buy a five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar gun safe. I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know what Mr. Slaughter owned, I don't know what Jeff owned. Oh, and incidentally, for good measure, they threw his guns all over the place, his ammo all over the place, his stuff all over the place. This is a guy who had an attorney, was ready to turn himself in, said, hey, I'll go wherever you want me to go, turn myself in, cool. So obviously, Stephen Friend is right, obviously process is punishment. This is what Mark Stein went through around the global warming scam and swindle. He's still going through it. So what do we do? We recognize we are going to be taken. We recognize that we still have the vote to a great degree. And we're training up people. Glenn is training up people to observe elections. There's a lot of other people. There's more lawyers in the field. That's going to be harder to cheat, harder to get away with it. We still have that. The biggest power we have, though, is to prepare for the day when they come for us. Now, maybe that day never comes. God willing, it never does. God willing, we never get to knock on the door from the FBI. And statistically speaking, how many people could they go knock on the door on? Right? The, the, the point is not to go to every door and to kick in every door and to cut open every gun safe. It's to scare us. And the fact is, there's a reason I played the oldie but a goodie twice at the top of the show. The only knee we take is to the low. If we do that, if we remember the only time we're going to take the knee, we will take the knee to no man, but we will take it to the Lord. And we continue to speak truth and we continue to boldly proclaim God's word into this. It's our very best shot at surviving this. In fact, it's a guarantee. If we stick with God, we win. And they become more and more desperate and more and more impotent. And here's, here's some signs of this. We talked about um, YouTube making doctors pledge allegiance to the World Health Organization if they want to be considered reliable. (laughs) The same World Health Organization that pretended we don't have immune systems. That World Health Organization. The Bill Gates and Chinese Communist Party owned World Health Organization. So doctors have to pledge allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party and to Bill Gates by way of the World Health Organization. And the people who run YouTube are spiritual captives. They can't see this. They're, they're held captive. They have Stockholm Syndrome. They don't understand what they serve. They have no idea who they're serving with this. So instead of hating them or even having aggressive thoughts towards them, not that we're going to go hurt them, but aggressive rhetorically, we need to recognize these people are held absolute spiritual captives. They have no idea what they're doing. They, d- they don't deserve but they get our prayers. They don't deserve them, but they get them. We don't deserve our, we don't deserve God's love. And we get it. This so is the way he loves us. We have to love others. There's another example. Newsweek. <laughs> I've, I've prepped this show two days ago and I'm adding new material today. <laughs> and I just, I forgot this was in here. <laughs> uh, Newsweek. <laughs> Sorry, being horribly, uh, horribly uh, lacking in professional uh, decorum. Uh, well, I'm just thinking. <laughs> no, I've never not been able to complete a segment due to laughter. 
I'm just remembering the Rush Limbaugh God Rest in Parody ad about Newsweek being sold for a buck. Do you remember that? It was a telemarketer calling someone and, hey, we got a special offer for Newsweek. It's only a buck. And the guy says, a buck? That I don't know, sounds too good to be true. But wait, there's more. It's not just the it's not just this current issue. You get to own the entire company for a dollar. And the guy said, uh, I'm not interested. Do you have anything else? Have any other magazines that you might sell me? Um, so Ted Cruz came out and said, when he was on the view, he said, Hey, you didn't say you guys weren't upset when Antifa and Black Lives Matter Incorporated were going around the country burning down cities. And it was Whippy Goldberg who, who had never heard of Antifa. That What is that? The Washington... Yeah, no, probably Newsweek, same thing, but Newsweek. In a fact check. Quote, labeling the 2020... Antifa Black Lives Matter led protests. So labeling the 2020 protests as Antifa riots is misleading, too, as there (laughs) there there is no (laughs) there's no organ. There's no group or organization. No, no, known as such. (laughs) There is you can go to Seattle. There's there's Antifa cafes. You can buy and you can buy Antifa T-shirts on on Amazon. Keith Ellison had his picture taken with the with the Antifa handbook. <laughs> there are videos of Antifa trainings, <laughs> and Newsweek says they don't exist. Ted Cruz should be careful. Because, you know, that sounds like some election disinformation. He might get a knock from the FBI. Well, they would never do that to a United States senator. But they did it to a president. Former president. Oh, but they'd never cross that line. No. Not a sitting office holder. Wait, didn't they just... Didn't they just arrest... A congressman for being in D.C. in Chan 6? Or is that a state legislator? Huh. I want to thank you guys for the tremendous uh, Christmas response for my pillow. And I know it's probably the towels. Now, if you haven't yet purchased these towels, I would like you to go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman and see what you've missed out on. And for the great reports that are going to come in, because I know this is going to be coming in soon for people who got these towels, will you share those with me? If you can go to the show page, thetoddhermanshow.com, and just communicate with us, the, the report on the pillows, or probably on the towels, I, I like you to do that because I like to give that feedback to Mike Lindell and his team. I don't send it directly to Mike, but to his team at MyPillow. And know that that promo code, right, that promo code is good for anything there. So go to MyPillow.com slash Todd, MyPillow.com slash Todd. You get great discounts on any of the products there. 
And yes, you can still do what I did with these towels. Wrap yourself in nothing but the best with the MyPillow six-piece towel set. Regularly $89.98, now only $39.98. MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. And again, you get deep discounts on everything there. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. All right, so we've gone from the national level, the FBI. We've given examples of that, and we started by talking about the gamification of all this. And um, the national game is, hey, here's the game. We're the game makers. And if you even try to take a square politically, we're going we're gonna to slap you one way or another. And it goes all the way down to the level of tweets, which is one of the reasons why the left was so utterly, utterly crazed with Elon Musk finally taking over Twitter. Now, I am not, I have no idea if Elon is a good guy or not. I have no idea. I've only heard his words. I have no idea what he's going to do with Twitter. I don't think he knows the Lord. And by the way, you could be a good person and not know the Lord. I don't know how you do it, but you can. But you can't be saved without knowing the Lord. So he, you know, the famous story, walked in with the sink. Let that sink in. I'm owning Twitter. Let that sink in. If you don't use Twitter, that's a constant saying, let that sink in. And the response from the Mockingbird media has been everything you would expect the response from the Mockingbird media uh, to be. Elon Musk takes over Twitter. How his plans for the platform could have a major impact on hate speech and on global politics. I don't know if it'll be immediate, but it's pretty clear President Donald Trump will probably be invited back on the platform. I begin with one of the nation's most politically influential social media platforms now under new ownership could have big implications for our democracy. According to multiple reports, Elon Musk is now officially in charge of Twitter after a multi-billion dollar deal that he actually tried to back out of at one point. There are also reports that he's already fired the CEO and other top executives. Change is coming there. Overnight, Musk tweeted, quote, the bird is freed. Jonathan Vigliotti has made his way to Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. Jonathan, yesterday, Mr. Musk walked in with a sink. Apparently, executives are walking out with little boxes of their stuff. Change is coming. Good morning. And good morning to you, Tony. And the question this morning, how will Musk balance out freedom of speech while at the same time discouraging and reining in misinformation? The stakes Which they are can't incredibly define. high for millions of Americans. I want you to keep in mind, U.S. prosecutors determined in 2016 a Russian agency used Twitter and other social media sites in an attempt to sway the election. Even Twitter's founder said misinformation about false election claims led to the attack on the Capitol last year. Uh, number one, the the oh okay oh my goodness gracious a lot of things led to people being super angry at dc angry enough to want to go into the capital and we can go back through the list you destroyed 40 percent of small businesses you snuffed them out you shifted those monies over to big businesses like amazon and netflix You caused a record number of suicides with teens and adolescents. You put people back into alcoholism. You denied cancer, heart treatments, and stroke screenings, and people died, and they continued to pay the cost of that. You said you can't have your lives back. You have to wear woke masks. People were humiliated, kicked out of businesses, treated like they were spreaders of disease when they weren't even sick themselves. 
in the midst of that, you took a break and said, it's not, you cannot spread COVID if you're black and burning buildings down, or if you're black adjacent and burning buildings down, or if you support black people burning buildings down and you help them, then you can't spread COVID. But if you go to Sturgis and you are white on a Harley, you are COVID itself. And then it was, you cannot have your lives back until you take the injections, but don't worry, they'll stop the disease. And everybody saw that they weren't going to stop the disease. Then it was, hey, we're going to change all the rules to the elections in ways that will encourage fraud, up to and including allowing Mark Zuckerberg to buy the people who count the votes. Hey, we're going to put wooden boards up in the windows when citizens try to observe their own votes being counted, and we're going to let people get away with that. And we can go back through the list of things. And it's the safest, most secure election in history, even though we didn't check voter ID and signatures didn't have to match. And we accepted ballots that came in after the election closed. But super safe, super secure. The election count, the the election devices, the vote counting devices aren't connected to the Internet. Oh, wait, they're connected to the Internet. Well, but there was no there was no no intrusion. Oh, wait, um, there's been an election uh, technical election company had arrested because he was allowing the Chinese Communist Party to get copies of voter data. But that's just that. Yeah, it's just the disinformation. Jack Dorsey. And secondly, a Russian agency. Well, guess what? Russians run anti-fracking ads here. Guess what? Russians and Chinese uh, and the Chinese Communist Party are pushing the transing of kids. They're pouring fentanyl across our border. They've, according to retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated all the way up into the White House. But yes, Twitter. Now, they understand what Twitter has meant to them. They understand that they had a seat at the game-making table. They understand that they were some of the fact-checkers. And they see that they're losing their seats at the game-making table. Now, I cannot figure out for the life of me, and this is, this is Life 2022, if this is a, a parody post or not on Twitter. He, this guy's an academic, uh, Richard Han- Hananya. He, he writes this. Um, he's talking about the CEO of Twitter and the lady who is the chief uh, thought police. First name is the CEO. He writes, Parag Agrawal, PhD, person of color. Vivaya Gade, JD, woman of color. Lawyer, woman of color. They've been fired by Elon Musk. Not even a master's, white male. Experts have been warning against white mediocrity and its dangers to democracy. Hopefully people will now listen. <laughs> Um, the CEO of Twitter walked out of there with about $50 million. I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's $54.5 million bucks. Oh, it works out. And Vivaya Gade is going to go lecture. She'll go to some other social media company. And there's no way that she came out of there without five to 10 million bucks at a company that's never turned a profit. Oh, wait till we get to the New York Times. Wait till we get to that. Then there was this, and this is just such a thing of beauty. I fell completely for this. Absolutely, 
bought it. These are two guys who, brilliant, brilliant parody, who came out of the Twitter headquarters carrying cardboard boxes, and I can't say that they pounced, because only Republicans pounced. I can't say that they seized on the moment, because only conservatives seized. But the very, very curious uh, press corps who wants who, what, where, when, why, and that's it, wanted to talk to these so-called fired Twitter employees Turned out to be a great parody act. What do you make of that? What do you think Twitter will look like? I mean, if free speech is, you know, Nazis saying that, uh, you know, trans women shouldn't, you know, use women's uh, locker rooms, then awesome. I guess mission accomplished. We'll see. Listen, I got to touch base with my husband and wife. I got to get out of here. All right. Thank you, guys. Sorry. Daniel. Thank you. I wonder if his real name is Daniel or if it's Daniel in the lion's den. Because his partner uh, in crime, in parody, used a last name that has to do with meme culture um, online. Okay, that's a parody. Now, you tell me, is, is this a parody? No, you tell me. And then we'll get to the New York Times, which is not a parody, but it should be. Now, you, you tell me, is, is this woman... Serious or is this a parody? Suzanne, uh, Elon Musk's whole point in his takeover for Twitter, at least his whole stated point, has been about free speech, has been about how social media and corporate America stifles free speech. And he wants to bring free speech to Twitter. He calls it a globe, a digital town square. You're saying that, in fact, the opposite might be achieved. Why? I think it's a real risk. Look, free speech is not the Tower of Babel. It's not an environment where everyone just sounds off at will and no one is listening to each other and it's a cacophony free speech the value of free speech the reason it's protected under international law under the first amendment is because it gives us the opportunity to persuade one another to engage in a give and take to reach an audience to find better policies to sort between fact and falsehood and if you have a platform like twitter that is so overrun with disinformation that you cannot discern who to believe that you're inundated with propaganda and people trying to pull one over on you in that kind of environment the value of free speech is undercut you can't learn about something new you can't spread your idea around you can't win new followers and so i think that's the risk if he really goes through with what he originally said which was that he would do away with all content guardrails i think it would be that tower of babel environment okay Free speech is not the Tower of Babel. You're right. Free speech is not an act of God taken to frustrate the plans of people who thought they were God. You're right. And you go to say that free speech is not this cacophony where everybody's yelling and nobody's listening. No, you're wrong. That's an aspect of free speech. Sometimes that happens in a free society. You go on then to say that the value of free speech, not adding the phrase in your mind, the value of free speech is that we can air a lot of ideas and sort through them and come to better policy. Okay, that is one of the great side effects of free speech. And then you... who works at MSNBC 
talks about Twitter being flooded with disinformation. You work at a network that still says Donald Trump was a Russian plant. Now, it's such a good thing that you and I have actual truth on which to stand. It's such a good thing that you and I are not held captive spiritually. That lady doesn't know what the Tower of Babel is. She knows it's a phrase that has some vague relationship to speech. She doesn't know that she cannot on her own decide what is disinformation. She can decide things that she doesn't like. She doesn't even recognize blatant truth. If you're on MSNBC, you're not allowed to recognize that men are not women. You're not allowed to recognize that one simply cannot spend their way out of debt. You're not allowed to recognize the fact that Joe Biden shows every sign of what used to be early onset dementia, which is now full on onset of dementia. And then there's the New York Times. Now, the thread that ties this all together is game making. They on Twitter could count on the thought police, like the fired head of the thought police, having the back of MSNBC. They were at the game making table. The New York Times has been at the game making table. They've been at the, we are not going, we're going to pretend men are women table we're going to force people to do this this is part of what the uh, new york times wrote mr musk's open approach to speech on twitter could exacerbate long simmering issues of toxic content and misinformation affecting political debates around the world early tests will come within days when brazil elects its president and american voters go to the polls on november 8 for the midterm elections Twitter said it would prohibit misleading claims about voting and the outcome of the elections, but that was before Mr. Musk owned it. This all falls apart because this is an organization that says there's no truth. This is an organization that said it's, it's probably it's time to start eating people. This is an organization that when they, they failed on Russia, had a newsroom meeting where the head of their newsroom said Russia has failed. We built our newsroom around this. Let's pivot to race, who then brought in the 1619 project and pretended an active fiction was, in fact, curriculum. They're people of the lie. They cannot see the truth. They're spiritual captives. They have no idea who they serve. Then they turn to a university professor, because why wouldn't they? Um, There could be real-world consequences uh, to his leadership. David Kay, a law professor at the University of California, Irvine, who worked with the United Nations on issues of free speech, Said of Misk's, uh, Mr. Musk's ownership of Twitter. To the extent that uh, world leaders say they have this uh, space and it's unmoderated, uh, they could push to see how far they could go. Oh, no. They could? Oh, no. If only there was a way to tell truth from falsehoods. If only there was a measuring stick. Now, there are sophisticated spam scams. I fell for the parody. I get that. But when it comes to fundamental truth issues, 
You can't fall for disinformation if on issues of fundamental truth, you turn to the inventor of truth. And this is where postmodernism just goes splat. Postmodernism says there is no truth, and that's a fact. They cancel themselves. PayPal is reintroducing its $2,500 misinformation fine. No, they are. They've reintroduced it. They've softened the language a little bit. They've made it more specific. But they're saying if you are a PayPal customer and you say something we don't like, we're going to take $2,500 from you. Spiritual captives. Look, you can get swindled on day-to-day life. You can get swindled on, oh, I didn't read that this, oh, I didn't know this was a subscription. Oh, no, when I signed up for this software, I didn't know it came with a subscription. Or, wait a minute, I, I just bought this one, this one set of razors. Why are they coming in the mail now? That's being conned. It's being, it's being lazy. But on issues of fundamental truth, there can be no misinformation. We have the ultimate way to block misinformation is to stand squarely on the word of God. And yet, where did this all begin? The process is the punishment. And what is the process? People who've been given the leadership to steward, treating the least of these, that's us, in ungodly ways. You know what else? There's a model for this, and shocking what it is. Shocking what the model is. You're going to raise our taxes? I'm going to vote against it. But if you get it done, okay. You're going to change the speed limit to something ridiculous and stupid? I hate it. I'm probably going to make a mistake and drive over it because that's what I do. I'm going to try to follow it. But you're going to come to me and say, your God, so-called your God, did not design an immune system. The only knee we take is to the Lord. You're going to come to me and say, that man over there with the five o'clock shadow and the mustache, that's a woman. The only knee we take is to the Lord. When it comes to issues of fundamental truth, there can be no disinformation if we ground ourselves in the source of all truth. And it's the ultimate defense against this. And against the corrupt FBI, who've made other people's emotions a crime you commit. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and plant your feet like boots in concrete in the word of God.